What's up, guys? Welcome back to Fearless as Fuck, the podcast. It is bright and early here at Sticky Paws Studio. So I want to thank my guest, Brian Hopkins, for getting out of bed for me this morning. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> that that intro was fire. Thank you. That's, yeah. They're actually a bunch of old videos, but I have not updated it because it reminds me of when I started this podcast. And it was a very interesting time in my life. And those videos... No one will understand it but me, and that's I think that's what's like really special, but it reminds me every single time before the episode starts of just where it came from. That's awesome. And that's kind of the whole purpose behind this podcast to begin with, and for those of you who have not listened to this podcast before and this is your first time, this might give you a little insight, but I started this podcast to kind of bring light to anyone listening who's going through an unfortunate time or event or part of their life that there is light at the end of the tunnel and there are really good things that can come from really bad situations. And when we met, we just met. Yeah, like, well, last, like days ago. Days ago, yeah. I probably have had less than 10 minutes of conversation yeah. with you, but you mentioned that you have a podcast here at the studio as well called Hero's Journey. Yes. And just the name itself really intrigued me. And I was like, you know what, say less. I'm just gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to bring you on and I will get to know you on my podcast because I felt like this would be a really, really good conversation. So for those of you listening, I probably know just as much as you if you've never heard of Brian <laughs> Hopkins before. So welcome. I'm really excited Thank to you. have you here. I'd love to know a little bit more about you. What I do know is that you're in a band. Yes. And that you have a podcast. Yes. Those and are, that yeah. John told me you saved a lot of lives. And that's the three things I know about you. Oh, so. wow. John said that. Yes. He's... I love that guy. I love John. I wouldn't be here yeah. without John. Sticky Paw Studios is a creative space. This mm -hmm. is a space that everything just seems to to happen. And um, every time I walk in here, I get like my feet are on fire because I want to do more. Yeah, so, same here. But and yeah. that's why I was sitting in here that day. Actually, I had a bunch of clips to cut because George, lovely George, one of our producers, yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. shout out to George. He was yeah. like, get in here make the clips. Like I was like, I don't know what to do. He's like, make the clips. We're going to, we'll figure this out right. together. I'm like, you know what? Maybe if I go in and actually do it while I'm in the studio, I'll feel that creativity and that, that like that fire lit to like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain you, it. I can explain it for you guys right now. Yes. So okay. you guys understand like Disneyland and how they pump in like the happy scent. Yeah. Yes. We pump in the creative scent here every morning. Amazing. This yeah. That's, pump it through the yeah. pipes. Yeah, <laughs> and you do. And uh, hey, man, I come in here just at times when I could make a phone call and easily get the answer. But I'll come in and go, hey, da, 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 sit down. And then I get fired up doing yeah. other stuff. That's exactly what it you is. Know? And so that day I got a chance to meet you. And... Like I said, you, you mentioned those three things. One, I'm the lead singer of a band called Elvis Monroe. Um, it's a band that I created years ago. It's been 10 years now. And I lived in Hollywood. And I started it with my best friend, a guy named Ben Carey. And he's from a band called Lifehouse. You know, I love Lifehouse. Yeah. That makes me like think of music growing up. Well, it's <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah, she's young, everybody. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but... Uh, they're still around. Lifehouse is still around, but um, 
he left that band and he started this project with me. And same with Ryan McMillan from Matchbox 20 mm-hmm. on drums. Um, Matt Nelson from Nelson, Ricky Nelson's son. I had him on my podcast. They were in here. It was incredible. Um, and then, but Danny Spreewald stepped in on bass. And then we had David Pichette from Emerson Drive. So I was the one guy in the band, not from a big band, like current, like mm-hmm. doing well. And all these guys stepped out of their projects to do this with me. And, and at the moment, um, it's, it's almost me standing here doing it all alone. There's a lot going on. I can't talk about yet that it, that's happening, which is really cool. Um, so Elvis Monroe is just, it's taken off to the next level. And I find myself getting to tour the country and play big shows. Uh, some of my favorites are touring with Three Doors Down, Joe Nichols, Brett Young, um, Lee love Bryce, him. Jared Neiman. Love you them. love who? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lee Bryce, um, yeah. all of that. Yeah. I love country. So you love country music? Love country music. Okay, so, and getting to do those kinds of things. Dustin Lynch, uh, I was just with Parmalee. And then in the rock world, I was with, just with Everclear, I'm playing with them next month. Um, TI and some other, it's like I'm on, I'm a, on this big festival and whatnot. But it's a lot of work, just like this, just like the podcast. It's constant. I'm constantly writing, constantly recording, and having to get out on the road and do shows. And, you know, it's a job. And I love it, but it's, it doesn't feel like a job to me. I right. get to, I, I say every time I'm in an airport, or I'd rather be on the bus, but when I'm in an airport, I'm like, this is what they pay me for because I'll take the stage for free. Mm-hmm. But, the travel, the... It's all the in-between it's, stuff. Yeah, it's the stuff that people don't see. They don't see the rehearsals, the, the stress level of like, you know, people not having their stuff in, in place and mm-hmm. having to figure it out on the back end and just walk out on stage and do what we do. And that moment, the hour, hour and a half, whatever we're doing, 20 minutes even, that's the fun. Right. Standing in front of all those people. Um, my last show was with Everclear two weeks ago. Or so, and I get a call the day before. Hey, are you available? We need you with Everclear tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, let me let me see. And I'm standing in front of three thousand people. But what those three thousand people don't know is, I wasn't on this bill. Um, you know, I'm filling in for fastball. They mm-hmm. something went wrong, and and I'm here. So it's that kind of stuff. But you don't see that, and it's it's fun. Yeah. So did you, did you ever imagine yourself winding up in this position, like living out your dream essentially? No, because my dream was not music. Really? No, not originally. Um, it was crazy. My, I was a baseball player. I was a football player. So George can relate. We talked about this yesterday that, that sports was my life. I was, um, a highly recruited baseball player out of Oregon. Um, I was a pitcher. My life was sports. And then I got hurt. And as soon as I got hurt, I pivoted. Mm-hmm. And um, what people didn't know in high school was during high school, and this was, I was being, you know, recruited out of high school, um, was that I was modeling on the weekends. And I would go to Portland and Seattle, and I lived in Salem, Oregon, and I would go do runway shows and stuff. And um, I did that on the weekends to make money and it was something I'm born without a left chest muscle 
and part of my bicep. It's I was born with a thing called the Poland syndrome. So, and they didn't know that either because in sports, you know, it should have been affected you exactly. But I just overcome, you know, overcame those things. And in modeling, I had to wear jackets. I got a jacket on today. It's like 90 degrees outside. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's cold in here and I like it. Um, but that's my comfort zone. So right. I would model, you know, winter clothes and things like that. But so I found myself getting in a car and driving after baseball, the second round I was, uh, went to school and then I never even bought a book. I mean, that's how committed I was to baseball. I didn't buy a book. I just went on my scholarship, played baseball, then took some time off and then went back to baseball again and um, was being drafted and, and then couldn't overcome this injury and just got my car and drove to Hollywood. And I was going down the, one, uh, the I-5, got, saw the 405, cut over to the 170 uh, freeway off the 101 or whatever it was and saw a Gold's Gym and I pulled into that parking lot. And I bought a, woke up that morning and bought a one-year membership and I slept in that parking lot for three months, three and a half months. And I got a job at Jerry's Deli and landed it, an agent by accident, picking up some mail for a buddy. And it's like divine intervention. No, seriously. And so I found myself in the entertainment business. So I was an actor for a while. And then music... Um, it's the craziest story. Like, I don't even know if people would believe it, but my bandmates do. And it's, my brother was there and it was insane, but I didn't find music. Music found me. Mm -hmm. But it's and, not the way it should happen sometimes with yeah. things that wind up being on your path that right. wind up being something that like becomes your calling. Yeah. You don't really go searching for it. It just kind of happens and then you can't ignore it. Right. It, <clears throat> it was something that just kept coming at me. So on my show, A Hero's Journey podcast, it's, that's what we talk about. We talk about how you're sitting here doing your podcast again because you're supposed to. Yeah. I can't stay you, away from this place. No, it keeps, com it, it keeps, pre <laughs> keeps presenting itself to you in a way that you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to answer this call and I'm going to step into this new adventure and I really got to go for it. And along the way, people like George are going to mentor you and help you along and guide you right. to, to the place where you know you're supposed to be, but you got to figure it out. And we all find our mentors, whether it's on, you know, it's somebody in person that's doing that for us, or it's someone we're admiring on the TV or in a magazine or online, whatever it is, they don't know they're mentoring you, but it you're following happens. their path. And right. It's, it's those kinds of things. And so for me, that, that was mine. My, my dad was a musician, um, my brother as well. And it just kind of, I took it to the next level. So I find myself pulling my dad up on stage in front of thousands of people and having him play the spoons and with me on stage in front of thousands of people. And I introduce my dad and the police goes nuts. That's awesome. And I just wrote a song called Forever Family and my brother's sick and he has been given a timeline and he surpassed it. And I wrote this song because he and I have never recorded together and he used to be signed in a, in a band doing very well and um, he had to step away from it all. 
And so we've never recorded together. And I pulled him up on stage one day. I said, I wrote this song for you. Learn it. You're going to come up on stage. And um, so now we recorded it. And I, I just flew back like a month ago now uh, to my hometown, went into a studio and cut this song with my brother and I added my dad to it as well. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm really that's excited. That's so meaningful. To have this. That's really yeah. cool. And that's what it's about. And I, I love the song and the Nelson brothers sang on it and played on it as well. And um, so it'll be out and it'll be one of those things. It's what's cool for me is the times I get to roll down the road and I'm like, oh, that's me on the radio. I bet it's very surreal. It is. I can't even imagine because I still feel that way when I hear myself on camera, yeah. which is still something that I've been working on. And I think after so many years of, for me, being a performer and then this and then fitness and all the things that I've done that I've had to be in the public eye, you'd think that <clears throat> it would be normal to me, but it still is like, wow, is that you really on a podcast, on a microphone? Because this some was something I used to be deathly afraid of. And it just presented itself, like you said. It just yep. kind of kept going and showing up. And that's why when I have people come to me that are having a hard time finding what their calling is. Right. And they're searching for it too much. They're not allowing it to come to them. It's like, how do I really find out what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, I feel stuck. I feel like I hate my job. I hate my current situation. I'm just really uncomfortable. And I'm like, this is so exciting. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like... I would have not said this in my uncomfortable moment, but I'm telling you now because I'm looking at it from the outside in, that uncomfortable moment is like, you're about to like explode. If you can just sit in that and relish in that and let it come to you, right. you're going to realize that you're uncomfortable because you're not supposed to be in the situation that you're in and you need to break free. And if you can see what you should be doing and you allow the universe to kind of show you what that is and you listen right. and you don't resist, it will come. Wow. And it will show you. Yeah. And you might have to pivot. Like you said. Yeah. This was not what I thought I would be doing. Oh, ever. Me neither. You so, know, this, it, this for me is, I mean, I'm sitting in the chair that I use as my podcast. I don't have flowers behind yeah. me. But, um, you know, this is a new, my new space. But I didn't know I was going to do it. I was helping someone else, these other guys called Dadcast, and they're crushing it and booking them their guests, and they kept pushing me to do it, and then John tapped me on the shoulder one day, and here I am. And that's no joke, that's how it all right. happened, and here I am doing it. And now I have a co-host, Daniel Vasanova. She's, she's on fire on social media, she's a social media influencer, but that's not her thing. Mm -hmm. She doesn't even understand social media. That's, that's what's so funny, she has, what are reels? What are, she has no right. idea. She's just an actress, a model, you know, so it's fun to, to go down this. She was just a guest that turned into my co-host right. one day. So, and I, have you met Gio from Fitness Junkies He's yet? awesome. So Gio found me in the gym. There you go. And asked me to come on Fitness Junkies at one point. And that was actually when I was at my lowest. No one, I mean, some people knew, but people, if you had met me, you probably wouldn't know. Right. And the problem I was having then was finding my voice again after some really shitty stuff. And so for someone to actually ask me to come on and speak into a microphone, right? I was like, I can't even get words out right now. Like I literally was 
stuttering. I had issues talking. I had issues looking people in the eye. It was it was really uncomfortable. Right. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this will be a good way to step out of my comfort zone. Good. But then I kind of ghosted him. Right. And then I ran into him in the gym because he had hit me up on, on Instagram. Right. And he was like, Christina, I've been trying to get a hold of you. And I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And oh, okay, I'll come in. And I came in here and I was like, wow, this is really, this, that felt really good. It felt it was right. very cathartic getting out a story and not even for myself, but like maybe someone else needs to hear that. And that's when I met John and he said the same thing, just sat in front of me and was like, you need to talk more. I was right. like, what? And I came in here the first day to film my podcast and just try it out with like, he'll, he jokes about it still. He's like, you came in here like a deer in headlights, right. like so nervous with your little notepad, like trying to make notes and like figure things out too much. And it's so cool to see the, you know, the transition. Well, the transition is this. You just, I just talked to you in the hallway. And you literally said, I don't know anything about you. Yeah. I just met you. And I know these three things, but I didn't want to dive in, into them. I want to discover them on the show. And I say that all the time. Mm -hmm. That's what I like to do. Yeah. I like the discovery. I like sitting here getting to know you. And I'm trying not to sit back and ask you a bunch of questions because I just want to be like, you're saying stuff that I want to dive into. That's not my show. This is your show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, and even for people who aren't in the podcast world and it's just a, a new venture, that's the kind of beauty in discovering something. You don't have to be good at something right away to start it. You can take messy action yep. and learn as you go. And there is a lot of growth that happens in that. But well, if you can embrace it. Think about that. You were just in the in the kitchen. And you said you didn't, when you started, you had notes, you were mm -hmm. overthinking it. And now you're fearless as fuck. Cause you just said, <laughs> you just sat down with me and just said, let's go. Yeah. You know, and we'll but figure this out. It takes time. It, it just takes time. You can't give up on that time. Yeah. But you even have, you haven't been doing this that long, which no. is great. And you know, the whole world went through something together. Everybody oh, yeah. went through it together. Mm -hmm. And so Such a giant shift. Exactly. And I'm, climbing out of that myself with my band and my th that whole world we were on fire and then it went away and it's crazy how things can change in the blink of an eye like that just snap your fingers the whole world changes yep it makes you pivot it takes careers away mm -hmm. it takes it takes so it takes relationships away it, yep. ta it can take it's pure chaos when something like that happens and you can't predict it so what do you do to prepare yourself you be okay with pivoting. Right. That's literally the only thing I could say. Um, I've always said like, I'm, um, if I had a spirit animal, <laughs> it's a turtle. I'm, I'm Lakota Sioux Indian. So in my family, it's, I mean, it's, you know, we, we had drums, we played drums until I was eight until grandma died. And then music was, you know, our thing. And my dad's this big old Indian with silver hair, you know, and he's incredible. My dad's name's Rocky. Of all things, That's you know, awesome. it's like a cool name. Rock knee is actually his name, but, um, a turtle was it at a young age. It was just like, and, and I think about it, it's like eight years old. It's like, I just went on my path and I learned to, if that was in my way, go around it, go under it, go over it. And it was a marathon, not, not a sprint. And I've been just on this path doing what I love to do, and I said this the other day, that I don't care about existing, 
I want to live and living and being in the moment and having, enjoying this moment. I'm here with you. I got my ass out of bed to be here with you. I'm a musician. I stay up late. I'm creative at night, but I wanted to be here with you. There, it was something special out front going, wow, I found myself hugging you like I had known you forever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just like, yeah, let's do this. Let's have fun with this. And we should all be helping each other. Yeah, You know, we 100%. should all be, you know, your podcast is not that far off from mine. Right. It's the same thing. I'm sitting here talking to people, wanting to be inspired by their stories and hoping to inspire people listening, right. people watching. So when did that podcast start? What made you start the podcast? Mine? Yeah. Um, it came out of helping these guys dad cast. Mm-hmm. Um, two guys out of Oregon. And they, during the pandemic, they're both dads going through a lot, uh, JP and Nick. And, the uh, you know, they both have kids. Uh, uh, Nick was going through IVF to have a baby with his wife. And they have older kids, but through different marriages. Um, and they were sitting and talking about this stuff. And it just kind of, I was like, wow, you guys are on to something. This is really cool. And then like, hey, can you help us with getting, because I'm in the entertainment business. We're fans of this person and that person. And they're probably just sitting at home because everybody is. Right. Do you think you could get them on a Zoom call with us? And I'm like, yeah, let me let me call them up. And so that happened and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And before you know it, I'm working with them. And then I start guest hosting with them. And then it became, the joke was Brian. He, oh, we have Brian Hopkins, Brian Hopkins of Elvis Monroe as a guest host with us today. So it is now the Brian show. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, whoa, I got to back off. And they're like getting off the phone going, hey, what are you doing? They're like calling me. Are you okay? Are you upset? I'm like, no, man, I don't want to, you know, you guys said something like a month ago and I'm just trying to, they're like, no, we need you to be you, be you. The sponsors want that. We want that. You know, I'm like, okay, cool. So they're like, eventually just said, you need to have your own show. And I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking, he's very in tune with a lot of things. And, um, and he had said something and about a book, a hero's journey. And I looked at it and, and I was looking at this chart and I'm like, that's my life. That's how I live my life is this. And so I'm like, if I have a podcast, that's what it's going to be. And then when John tapped me on the shoulder, I, I told him, I know what it, it needs to be. It just needs to be on this level. And it was a Thursday and he said, you could start as early as Monday. And I called up my buddies, the band otherwise, and they were passing through on tour, shooting a video. I said, would you guys be my guests? I have zero followers. And they <laughs> went, sure, man, y- you know, of course. And now it, it has turned into Danielle Vasanova sitting next to me. Um, when she came in, the opportunity was like, you have all these followers. You should have your own show. You are turning it on Brian and asking him questions. You know, you should think about this. And she's like, is that chair open? And so she sits where you sit now with me on this show. And uh, it has just turned into something much bigger than I thought it could ever be. There's a whole team. I joke. Now I have to 
can I go to the bathroom? Because <laughs> like, there's so many people. Permission to do this? Exactly. There's <laughs> so many people involved, which is amazing. And um, and I was I was just one guy walking in here, you know, and learning from these guys because the guys in in you know George and Austin and Travis and and Chase are just incredible, including you know and John. Yeah, because a lot of us don't know much about anything when we walk in no. here. And that's what my next question for you was, like, what would you tell somebody who feels like they're scared to start something like this? Because I, I know how I think, and I always think that there's opportunity in everything. And you don't never know, like you said, who you're going to meet, right. what you're going to stumble on, or even what talent that you have that you might not even know about until somebody can bring it out of you. And so you have to stay open to opportunity. You have to stay open to learning and being a forever student and just taking like I wake up in the morning excited for things that could potentially happen to me I don't wake up worried about bad things that are going to happen to me and I think that alone has led me to success in a lot of areas because I am so open to things that I might not even have thought about but there are a lot of people who are closed off or who are very fearful and that's why this podcast mm -hmm. is fearless of things happening to them or playing the victim of their own lives because right. of circumstances that have happened to them and things like that. So I like to encourage people to be more open so that they can find opportunity in things that may even be unfortunate. Well, cause yeah, the things that we do, if we keep repeating the same thing, it's going to keep, if you're thinking th bad things are going to happen, they're going to happen. If right. you, it's like going to the gym, you go to the gym and work out. There's so many positives that come out of going to the gym and clearing your mind and getting exercise and you, you practice the way you think. You practice having positive, you mm -hmm. know, uh, having a positive attitude. I am the type of person that I love it when my phone rings and there's a new opportunity. Right. I live for that. Uh, I'm in the entertainment business. That's what it's based on. That's what happens. A tour ends and you, I, there's a couple of days that are very, it's like an adrenaline dump, mm -hmm. right? And I'm, it's almost depressing because you, it, you're coming off this massive high and, and you get this feeling like, is it going to happen? Is this going to happen again? Kind of thing. Cause you got to put in the work. There's no guarantees in what I do for a living. Right. There isn't. And all I did is expand that with a, with a podcast. Now I have the band and the podcast. And so those are the two things that I, that I do. And it's it, both in the entertainment business, you know? And um, so, but that's how I live. And that's what makes me thrive. Yeah. You know, that's what's exciting for me. So you asked me a question. What would, what advice I'd, I would give is show up, show up, do it. You know, be fearless, go after it. You don't be afraid to fail mm -hmm. because failing, you learn something and you can move forward. And, and if you really want it, you figure it out, you know, and I'm figuring this out now. This is a new thing for me. This is, you know, just like it is for you. Um, it's, a, but it's a lot of fun. Right. I, I, I love, I'm sitting here having a good time with you, you know, talking about our lives. And that's what yeah. I think is another cool thing about podcasts too, is it's like 
you never know what can happen by going on someone else's podcast mm-hmm. either and sharing your story, even yep. if you feel like you don't have that much to share. Cause that's how I felt like, yeah, I have my own story and I think it's impactful, but I could have had the thoughts of who really wants to listen to me. Like right. who's going to really care about this. But I tell you there are people who care. They connect there. Yeah. There are people that, that they see similarities or want to see similarities in, in you that's like them and you give them hope or you give them drive or they're not alone. Right. And, and that's why music is so big. That's why yeah. we connect to music. It's like that person is singing to me or they know me or whatever it is. I'm, I'm an artist and, and that's been me my whole life. Meaning, Oh wow. That song that speaks to me. That song is like, that's everything I want to say and they found a way to say it. And that's what it's all about. And so, and I don't know where it comes from. I pick up the guitar and we'll, you know. It just happens. Right when I walked, I just wrote one, you know, just the other day. I was telling the boys that I had came home from the gym after listening to an interview that I did with Josie Scott from Saliva in Virginia last week. And it was just an, I did it for a radio station called Rock Rage Radio. And when I got home, we were talking about writing a song. We're like, there's a song in this interview. And I pick up the guitar and I'm playing chords. And then all of a sudden the melody starts coming out and then a bunch of just nonsense words are coming out. And my girl turns around and goes, oh, I see you. And I'm, and it's like, yeah, 15 minutes ago, this didn't exist. Yeah. And then I'm sending it to him and he's like, dude, that's gorgeous. Let's finish it. You know, so it's because you listen to yourself. Well, yeah. And that's that thing, you know, you're not sure, uh, you know, but I don't know where it actually comes from, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's being channeled through me, which sounds weird to anybody out there. You're like, what? It doesn't doesn't sound weird for how I say this. Like that might've sounded weird to the Christina that wasn't in tune with herself and has felt those same things. And from like the stuff that I've gone through, but I think that when you are in touch with yourself and you are listening to things that you should be doing and like really digging into your soul and not Mm -hmm. just living in this like 3d reality. And you're actually like "Ah, this. I always feel like I sound crazy when I talk about spirituality, but no, it's not really digging deep and you're looking for the signs and the universe is just giving things to you or giving you this creativity or these ideas that pop up or for you, like these, I'm not a musician, but for you, it's music. Right. It just happens. Like for me, it's, it's this, this just came up, but I'm like, why do, why does it keep coming up? I have all these ideas, just act on it. Right. And then when you start acting on the things that you should be acting on, you keep getting other hints and other like hands reaching out to you for assistance and then you're in flow. And when you're in flow, things just keep rolling. And then all of a sudden you have an idea that's now a business. Right. Or, you know, you discover your passion. And you look back and you go, look at how far I've gone. Yeah. Look where, look what I've done. And you have to stay in that frequency. Mm -hmm. And that's when, that's when things really, I feel like get magical is when you've like locked in to whatever wavelength that is. And you're able to shut out the negativity. You're able to shut out the naysayers and you're just in line with what you want to do. And nothing really can affect you anymore because you know, you're doing what you should be doing. Wow. This girl's really smart, George. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, like she's, she should be doing this. Yeah. Thanks guys. That's really, no, seriously. (laughs) That's really, that's really great. Cause that's, that is 
articulate and nailed it. You nailed it. Like I, I, I can't even sit there and talk like that. It's you know, funny that you mentioned true. that because I sometimes will go on tangents like that and I'm like, did I just make sense? Yeah, well. <laughs> like, what did I just say? Yeah. <laughs> but it's free flow. Like, you're right. sitting here sharing exactly how you feel in the moment. And I talk about that all the time. Like, mm-hmm. someone will, uh, I'll defend something and in, in a positive way and go, what did I just say? Like, mm-hmm. but I know, and I, meaning, if if you ask me to explain that again, you might not be able I, to I can, articulate I, exactly like that. exactly that. Good but thing it's, it's a, recorded. <laughs> it's it's coming through. So yeah. I nailed it because that is truly it, you know. And it's like finding your frequency and just staying live, on staying it. on it. Yeah. But what's yeah. crazy is I don't think I would have been able to get to that point unless I had been roughed up by some stuff. Yeah. And I, I. I, I so badly want to ask you what that was, but I know that it, this isn't my place, but you had some, I it talk about like it. Some, yeah, yeah. I talk about it a lot. Okay. I was in a really toxic relationship. Okay. Very toxic relationship. Sorry. And you know what? It's okay because I don't want to give credit to that, right. all that bad stuff for shaping me because it had to shape me in a bad way before I was able to heal and get to the point I am now. But it woke me the fuck up. Good. It really woke me the fuck up to do the work I needed to do to become this person. So that's not to say I wouldn't have done the work at some point to like level myself up. But this shook me so hard that I had no choice. And that's kind of the way I look at it now. It was like a smack in the face to the inner shadow work that I had to deal with to get out of the hole that I was in. And this relationship held up a mirror to it for me. And it showed me that I had no boundaries. It showed me that I was able to be manipulated. And it showed me that I was, not that my characteristics were bad because I will continue to be a nice person and an empath and a helpful person. I will never lose that. But it showed me that I was so quick to put other people before myself in a self-sacrificing way. And unfortunately, when that type of person is met with somebody who is also unhealed and more of a narcissistic personality. It is fire and gasoline for like disaster. And um, I never thought I'd wind up in an emotionally abusive relationship um, ever. Like I, if somebody had told me that I would have laughed, like there's no way I would let someone like pull that over on me. Mm. It was crazy. Sorry. It's yeah, it was, it was really shitty, but it opened up the doors to a lot of self-development for me. And now I have turned into the person that I've always wanted to become. And now I can help other people. And that was part of the reason why I started talking about it to begin with on this was because I had seen the light at the end of the tunnel and I had come out unscathed at least. I don't want to say that, but (laughs) it could have been way worse. And I see so many women going through and staying in emotionally, physically abusive relationships to different degrees and they're stuck. And I I see them and I see why they're stuck. I literally can just see it without even speaking to them and I want to help them so badly. So, and I can't, I can't rescue someone. No. But I can show them what they need to do for themselves to empower themselves to get out of that circumstance. And my online fitness coaching became self-development coaching. 
And then the imposter syndrome kicked in because I was like, who am I to say like I'm like a life coach or something like that? But I can say I've been through it and I've done the work and now I can help you uncover the things that you need to do as a female to get better, to at least give you some tools to realize what you're going through and make the appropriate decisions. But you can't rescue anybody. Right. The person has to be ready to like leave. They have to want to leave. They have to be out of denial. But there's a lot of resources and tools that I that people shared with me and mentors that I got that helped me. And I just feel like I'm passing along. That's amazing. The um, you know, the, the toolkit. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, not the torch. No toolkit. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And they say that sometimes your story will be someone else's survival guide. Wow. And I strongly, strongly believe that. I what this girl, she's one of my best friends now. And I had actually started working with her for some social media stuff around this time before I had left this relationship. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I felt a connection with her immediately. And I leaned on her eventually when I was ready to open up and get honest because I needed someone to tell me, like, get the fuck out. That weren't my friends because they had heard it for a long time. And I think I needed somebody who I didn't know that well to, like, listen to me. Right. And she took the time to listen and shared a story with me that I'll never forget. It was her own personal story. And she told me the same thing. She goes, I can't tell you when to leave. Even if I told you right now, you need to leave now, you might not listen to me. You're going to leave when you're ready and and you'll know when you're ready to leave. When you're ready, I'll help you. And I got your back. And it was really interesting because it was the first time that it wasn't somebody like, Christina, fucking get out of that relationship or this, that, and other. She was like, when you're ready, when you're ready, you'll be ready to go. And I started asking and praying for help. I started really like trying to get the strength because I was so broken. Were you living here? Yeah. We had moved out here um, together from from California. Okay. And it wasn't too long after that happened that it started getting really bad. Um, But I I had just, you know, when if you have never been a victim of emotional abuse, abuse, you might not understand this, but you get broken so bad, you become a shell of yourself and you you lose your strength. You forget who you are. And by no means am I trying to play the victim with this because I did my part in not being a healed version back then and I would stay and I would hope it would get better. Well, and, and you were also moving from another state to a new place and now you're stuck with each other. Right. Not there's until, a lot of little yeah, moving things, parts. Exactly. Right. But you do get broken to the point where you're not able to make the decisions like you really would want to before you kind of got a little fucked up in the head. Right. So it lasted way longer than it should have. But, um, her story really helped me. And same thing, she might not have a podcast, but her sharing that with me was exactly what I needed to hear. So when I started this, I'm like, maybe someone needs to hear this. Right, that's great. And so that's what pushes me a lot. I have girls reach out to me all the time on Instagram. Ones I've never even seen before. And they're like, I've been following you for three years. I'm like, I've never seen you comment or whatever. But it just reminds you that people are watching and listening to your story that you might not even know and you have no idea who you're inspiring. And that's crazy because, yeah, I I get that. Um, Being in a band and now with the podcast, people are walking up. I was in the Bay Area and this older guy um, it's like, hey, I love your podcast. Uh, When's when's when you can have so and so on? And I'm like, wait a minute. You watch (laughs) my podcast you know, he's like 65, you know what I'm saying? He's like, I love it. Uh, and I'm like, wow, like this is, thank you. Cool. You know, and, but you just don't know, you know, what kind of impact. You have and, no idea. Yeah, yeah. And 
people that are just stalking you and not, you know, they don't comment. They just watch what you're doing and yeah. whatnot. It's, um, it's pretty wild, but that's, uh, that's the world we live in now, yeah. which is, I work in the nightclubs on the weekend and the other day I had, she probably in her, like, um, I would say she's in her forties or fifties. She was with a family at a nightclub. They were celebrating their daughter's birthday or something. Mm -hmm. And I remember she was looking at me and staring at me. And I, I, my immediate thought was like, I wonder if I'm making her uncomfortable. I don't know. Like we were, we were lingerie sometimes for like work. Like, I don't don't know. She's just staring at me and she walks over to me and she goes, Christina. I was like, uh, yes. Like I didn't expect her to, I was just so random. And she goes, Oh my gosh, she hugs me. And she's like, I have been following you for a long time. I listened to your podcast. She goes, Oh no way. She goes, please don't ever stop. You're so strong. Like just goes like as if she, she was really, she really knew. And it was so cool. Same thing. I'm like, you don't know that the demographic of people you could reach. I would think that maybe just girls in their twenties, like, you know, younger girls who like look up to me as, you know, maybe they want to aspire to be like me in fitness or something. You have no idea who you could impact. So, well, it's, it's wild. Cause, uh, I've been doing music for a long time. Right. And one day, um, I'm doing an interview and I'm tired and we're doing it for the newspaper and in my hometown and the lady who's interviewing the band is commenting that, Oh, you're tired. You know, you're partying it up and you know, all the girls, just the rent, the norm type of stuff. And my bandmates all look at her and said, you couldn't be more wrong about this guy. Like he works hard. I've never drank or done drugs in my life. I don't know what alcohol tastes like. And I think that's a stigma with musicians. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I, but that came from, I just told you earlier, I'm Lakota Sioux Indian. Mm -hmm. And so alcoholism runs deep in my roots and family and all this stuff. And I noticed this when I was about eight and I made the decision, I'm never going to do that. And I'm never going to do that to uh, the person that I love that my, my family, the people around me, um, I knew that I had this like addictive type of personality. When I do something, I go all in kind of thing. And I, I discovered that at eight, nine, 10 years old. And so this lady is like, no, 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 no. They're like, no, seriously. And all this, everything we do, he puts it together. You know, he, he does all this. And she's like, are you serious? And I'm like, it's true. She's like, you need, like, everyone needs to know this. You don't need to hide this. This is something that it's, uh, it's not the norm. And so my guitar player is Ben Carey from Lifehouse, and he's the exact same way. But we're both ex-athletes as well. Mm-hmm. He played pro basketball in Australia. And he's from a band called Savage Garden, which is a big I band. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So we had this in common. And I ended up doing a high school tour. I went to all the high schools in my town and put together this, this uh, You Choose program. And I would, we did assemblies. So the night before, we would set up. The morning of, we perform. And then at their lunches, we took pictures with, with all the kids and whatnot. And we did it in Alaska, twice in Oregon. And what's crazy is the kids that we reached that are now... Now they're in the twenties and they're like, you have no idea like what kind of, you, you gave me 
you know, they're out there partying, they're drinking and having fun, but they're in their twenties. They're like, when I was in high school, no one could tell me what to do. Cause you kind of gave me that power that it was okay. And, and it was cool to be uncool right. kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, you know, for me in all fairness, you know, I was, a I I was the athlete in, in my school, one of, you know, many that were you know, I was really good at what I did and I worked hard at it. No one was going to peer pressure me into doing shit, nothing, right. you know, and you know, they weren't even going to try. And so I, I was like, in all fairness, I had that. And I had to look out for my brother and my two sisters and I was the oldest and, and I had young parents. They had me at 16 years old. So it was like growing up with my mom and dad, which was kind of wild. So that kind of thing, though, I, I am somebody to this day, throw parties. I have, uh, you know, a, basically a bar at my house. I don't drink, but it's for my friends and, and people, you know, coming to my house. I, there is nothing I have. I don't have any issues with it at all. I just choose not to do it. And I'm always your, your designated driver. You know, you're looked out for constantly. Yeah. That's cool that you can even say that at that young at eight, nine years old, yeah. you made this conscious decision. I did. And know? I remember when I did it, my dad was sitting on the porch and I was reading his lyrics and he was learning, he was having to sing the song and I'm making sure he's singing the right lyrics. And he goes, Hey Brian, go grab me a beer out of the refrigerator. So I put it down and I go grab my beer. When I come back, he says to me, I'm so sorry that I had you go get me a beer. It, it was like he, the light bulb went off. He's like, you know, that's not fair. I can go get my own beer. And he goes, and one day you're going to want to drink beer and you're going to want to, you know, and I want you to talk to me about it. I want you to be able to come to me. I don't want, I don't want you hurt. We had just lost his youngest brother who was 19 um, not to, but to driving. And you know, obviously he had been drinking and he mm -hmm. hit the back end of a car. And so this was running in my dad's head. And I turned to him and said, uh, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm never going to drink. And he's like, don't ever say never. It's okay. You know, but one day this is going to happen. And you're going to have friends around and I just need you to talk to me about it. And I went, he's like, you're not going to be in trouble because mm -hmm. you, I snuck this when I was a kid. And I went, no. And it's just that it that's was crazy. a conscious in that moment. That's the way it was going to be. And it stayed. And, and it's still to this day. It's not, it's not, people go, oh, good job, man. What? I'm like, no, it's not. It, that's yeah, just my life. Just this is just yeah. who I am. You it know? sounds like you've been a pretty conscious individual since you were a kid. And I think that like mentality probably plays a lot into who you are now. Right. Do you feel like there's any other things in your life that you've been through that have shaped you? Oh yeah. Like, like I said, my parents are young, you know, and I had to raise my brother and sisters because my parents were young and working. So I, that was my job. So I had to look out for my family and look out for my parents. The joke was, you know, if you're going to do that, don't tell your brother. Mm -hmm. My parents are saying that to my siblings, you know, don't tell your brother, you know, kind of thing. And, and it was, that was just a role that I took on. And so people around me, 
if you are, if I consider you my friend, family, whatever it is, I got your back. And, you know, even the story with my girl in brief, you know, the shooting that's coming up in October 5, I mean, October 1, is the five-year anniversary of the shooting. I can't believe it's five years. I know. Isn't that crazy? Route 91, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, in short, you know, I was there and... Um, and I came from backstage and went out front and I stood behind, uh, these two girls, Nicole and Nicole, and I had met them the day before. Um, and I had taken a picture with them and I had taken a picture with Nicole that summer at one of my shows. And I just happened to come out and stand behind them. And whenever with Ben, my guitar player, when everything happened, people were going down around me kid I just took a picture with from Alaska um I didn't know it but he was standing behind me about 15 feet was shot and killed and um but I it in all this chaos um Ben gets hit in the arm he takes off he tells me to run and I stop and look back and Nicole's looking at me like you are and I went back and grabbed her and um and grabbed a friend and everything slowed down. It was like, I'm an ex-athlete, as I told you, and everything just seemed like it just went in slow motion. There's thousands of people running at us and I'm weaving them through there and took them to a, a side where the backstage area, you can hear the it splatting, hitting the railing, hitting the pavement. Um, you hear people screaming and I took them on the other side of the fence and I see this fence and I'm gonna, uh, I can see that I can get over it. I can get over the fence. I don't know that I can get them over, but people had followed me and I, and somebody said, get in here. And it was a refrigerator truck. And I start lifting them in and everyone, anyone else who wanted help in, I put him in it. Long story short, there's all this chaos going on inside. Open the door and it sounds like gunfire moving. And so I shut the door and everyone's freaking out and I'm for, you know, trying not to freak out and make a video for my family. And I, then I realized I'm not going to die in here. So when, when there was a break in the fire, I jump out, start lifting them out. And there was a ramp somebody had put on the fence and they started, um, uh, people were lifting, you know, getting over mm -hmm. the fence and I turn and I'm just putting them over. And those two girls are helping me put them over the fence. And when I tell them to go, they weren't going to leave me because I told them I'm getting you out and they believe me. And so I just kept, I'm like, okay. And I start to get them over and they're sliding back, sliding back, Nicole, and I grab her and start to run. And a police officer literally yells, uh, run this way, go towards Hooters. And uh, he runs towards a gunfire. And no one remembers him, but I have, uh, my phone was still recording. Like I hit record again oh and it's gosh. black in my pocket and you hear him mm -hmm. and you hear that gunfire and all that stuff. And, uh, then we start running past bodies, and that's where I have nightmares to this day. I have I nightmares. Can't I honestly can't even imagine. But I run past, those are people, and I ran past them. But my focus was, I looked at a stranger and her friend and said, I'm going to get you out. And then there were two other people and another lady that were listening to me. And so I'm getting them out. And uh, 
I get to an open gate and somebody, there was a guy there with no shirt on. And I remember this because he's shot about right here and his buddy's on top of him trying to breathe life in him. And the only reason why I can go through all this, like it's like I'm repeating a football game or whatever is because if I think about it too much, it gets too, you know, it's got to spit it out like this. But because it's, and it's also like somebody else lived this. I'm seeing it like it was a movie. Somebody else lived this, but it was me. And it was almost like I was watching myself. But when I get through there and there's a car in the road, the passenger was shot in the passenger seat. And there were people hiding behind the car, looking up. And I told them to run into the dark. And then they, everything they went on after, um, and, and getting through the coming weeks and then coming months and, and all that stuff um, and helping these two young ladies go through what they were going through. And cause I was too, uh, the days I was up for three days because news crews and CNN, all these people were at my house and uh, for days and, um, and it was wild. So it, it ended up, I ended up meeting the love of my life. It was crazy because that girl, uh, I went out on tour. She almost died of uh, viral meningitis in oh November, a month later. And she calls, her parents are calling me saying, hey, she wants you here at the hospital to hold her hand. And I'm like, me? She wants me there? Like, are you serious? Like, and she doesn't remember. But in her state, that's what she wanted. And so I sat there until they were like, we don't know what this is. Everyone has to go. And... She had to learn how to walk again. And like you, she's in great shape and physique. She goes to the gym every day, you know, and it was one of those things where um, she had to learn to walk again after that. And then I was going out on tour and I was leaving on tour with Three Doors Down and I told my bus driver, uh, hey, I forgot something at the grocery store. Um, uh, you know, let everybody pack up and I'll be right back. And really I was racing to her house to tell her, look, I know there's something here between us, but I'm not going to ruin it with, you know, with anything. I'm not going to ruin this because we have a bond. We live through this thing together. And then we, you live through that. And I was there for you during that. But one day there's going to be somebody who comes into your life and you'll marry this person, but he has me to answer to now, <laughs> you know? So... And that goes back to that personality trait that I also have, what I, which I told you, mm -hmm. you know, looking out for the people that, that yeah. I care about. And I said, so he has me now. Yeah, whoever, you know, whoever you choose has me to answer to. And um, around, I want to say it's like middle of the tour, she surprised me and showed up on the tour and... Uh, and was there for a few days, and the, I was blown away. There's a video of it. I had no idea, and she kissed me. And I was oh, like, whoa. That's so awesome. Yeah, and um, <laughs> then I flew her out at the end of the tour the last two days, um, the last two shows, and, and I remember my bus driver, Shovelhead, driving through the most crazy snow, winter, whatnot, and he plows through the night, to get to the airport in time so she doesn't have to wait the few hours at the airport for us to get into town. And, um, and we pull up and there, everyone, my band and everyone's at the front of the bus 
looking out as she's getting off the shuttle and being dropped off. And she said, I love you for the first time. And we've been together. It'll be five years in February. So October 1 is when we met, you know, went through that. Mm -hmm. But February 10th was that day. And so that story, it, I mean, it's a crazy, I would trade that night happening because I would, I believe that I would still have met her. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have been the same, but I would have met her. Right. And I'd trade all that to give everybody back their lives and make that thing go away that night and everything that happened to everyone go away. Yeah. So. Because you, it's, it's so hard because like you wish, obviously you wouldn't have had to go through that situation, mm -hmm. but it did connect you with somebody who is obviously an incredible part of your life now. Mm -hmm. um, that's really cool that you guys have each other to kind of had that support that you right. went through the same thing. Um, I have some friends who were at that event as well, and I was almost there. And I always think, like, what your life can change in a snap decision by a, just choosing to go somewhere. Choosing to go get food at 2 in the morning. Yeah, it could. It could. And it just rem really reminds me that you can't take life for granted. You can't yeah. take people for granted. You can't take opportunities for granted. It makes me think of the times that I've, like, not done something just because I was fearful or I felt like I couldn't do right. it. The things you could have missed out on the people and connections. And mm -hmm. it's just a really like, um, incredible reminder to stay present Yeah, and to like love your people really hard Yep, because you have no idea, but it's, it goes back to the beginning of this podcast when we were talking about being present, being in the moment and enjoying what we're given. Yeah. You know, we're given this right now. Yeah, I'm gonna be emotional. No, it's, it's <laughs> true though. It's what we have. It yeah. is literally what we have right now. And for us, you know, I, I feel lucky because I said, my brother is sick. My brother was given three months to live and he it's coming up on three years in October and he's still here. And I'm finding these ways to spend time with him, make moments, create these things. But he... He's given a timeline, yet we're all on a timeline. Yeah. Each one of us. You just don't know how long it is. Exactly. And that's we like don't the scary know. thing, but you can't live in that, that no, fear no. either. But you will miss out on No, you can't. Lot. Yeah, you can't live in fear. You got to be in the moment and have fun. And, and it goes back to what I said before. I don't want to just exist. I want to be living. Yeah, you there's know? a big, a big mm -hmm. difference. Yep. I really hope um, everyone listening, like that if you take anything from this episode, that is like it. Like just don't go through life like sitting on the sidelines or just existing. Like you really have to just like immerse yourself in every single thing that life is presenting to you because you will miss it if you yeah. just like, you'll miss it. Yep. What's that movie like you, uh, like if you don't, what is it like if you blink you just might miss life going by or something like that i don't know it's like a very cheesy kind of like cliche thing but it's i not. love those movies it's though. the truth though there's like, a movie called serendipity it's mm -hmm. like in my top five and it's like it's funny because as a young kid when it came out i'm like that's what i want mm -hmm. i want this like this person is supposed to be in my life and I, it's it's supposed to happen like that and it just keeps coming back and 
Yeah, but I think that's, that's key that's too for yeah. anybody with people in their lives. Like, you don't need to go searching for the superficial bullshit. Mm-mm, like, no. it really isn't about that. It's about the people who are supposed to be there. And if yep. you really pay attention, they're probably right in front of you most of the time, or they present themselves in situations like this, and they yeah. keep showing up for you, and um, you feel it. Yep. So just pay pay attention, be present, things like yeah. that. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. I um, did not expect to... Like I knew there was something in there that was like probably hard to hard to hear, but I'm yeah. really happy. I didn't know if I was going to talk about that. Yeah, though. I, I really wasn't. I wasn't going to. That wasn't the plan. But you brought it up, and it, you brought up that you know has something happened, and mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing, and it, that just kind of explains. Yeah, my personality. Yeah, I guess. I it's don't know. it's really I don't beautiful. Know. I'm I'm just really glad to to be sitting in front of you and that you're still here through all of that and that you met your wonderful lady. And that's, that's incredible. Uh, Thank you. But congratulations on all of your success. I'm really excited to see where this goes for you. Thank you. You too. Yeah. And for those of you who have not listened to the hero's journey podcast, we'll link Brian's information below. And if you ever need either of us, we're always open, Yeah. open for DMS, anything like that. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Shout out to Danielle Vasanova, my co-host, too. She's she made my show way better. Trust me. She's <laughs> well, incredible. Get, we'll get we'll get you guys both back yeah, together. There we go. That'd point. be cool. Yeah. yeah. You, she even if she's just sit, sitting here sharing her story, um, it made me think of that. Like she would is all about what you're about, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And that's what makes me smile. I was like, oh, she needs to be here. Yeah, we'll so, get her on here. Yeah. All right, guys, until next time. Very cool. <laughs>